everybody, and welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show. This is Knowing is Half the Podcast, not talking about G.I. Joe this week. We have we have an interesting program here that we're going to dive into, the Punky Brewster cartoon from the 1980s. Yes, we do. As I said before, this is Knowing is Half the Podcast, and I am Ray Stacanus. You really kind of petered out there at the end, didn't you? I, I I I lost steam thinking about the Punky Brewster. Really, just thinking about the entire concept. Gina, you brought it up on Twitter, and I, and I'd like you to well say your names first. I go third in this name saying. Yeah, well, so I, I just tried to say my name, then you I, jumped in. I, I know. I Listen, to... Saturday morning podcasting vibe is a whole different vibe. It you're is get, a whole you're getting vibe. a wide awake Gina who has not been uh, uh, crushed by, by the, the day yet. <laughs> This is, this is, you're going to get all sorts of weird hot takes. You're going to get interrupted a lot. I'm going to, I'm going to loudly drink some oat milk lattes. It's going to be great, everybody. I'm Gina Ippolito. Yeah, I, uh, I am caffeinating right now. So I'll be ramping up as it goes. You know, that is, that is one thing. Usually we record these, you know, more in the evenings time. And, uh, uh, I have noticed in the past, um, that Gina starts the show like super full of energy and zest <laughs> and uh, for life. And then we get like, I don't know, an hour into recording and she barely talks anymore. Yeah, I'm a, I'm like a fruit fly. Uh, uh, I, I live an entire life cycle during, during the podcast. So I start out and I'm like, yeah, and this is a thing. And what's that guy's name? I don't know. And cartoon butts. And then slowly it goes. And I say less and less and less until I say nothing at all until Ray does his outro. And I'm like, all right, I'll talk to you guys later. (laughs) <laughs> i mean but, this, this tracks it's all tracks um, but yeah okay. i'll know it because i'll get like you know 75 percent into a show and i'll take a pause so either of you could add something and then i just <laughs> enjoy the silence for three to five seconds uh yeah i mean i mean chan's even the whole way through you're even the whole way through i've got to be the wild card that's robert clark chan what ray is referring to is i i watched I watched this Punky Brewster cartoon, 1985 to 1986. If you're familiar with the live action Punky Brewster, it's about an adorable orphan who is then stolen, maybe illegally, by an old white man, as was as was uh, uh, like what the 80s wanted, basically. Like they were like, what if there is a kid? Maybe they're precocious. Maybe they're black. And they're sort of like a, a, a well to do older white man. And he takes them in. It was it was this. Uh, uh, different strokes, Webster, all three of those shows, same premise. Uh, what if, what if an old white man who's unfulfilled by life gave kids, a, gave kids a better life? I think he and finds Punky in an abandoned building, asks no questions, nothing, and then is like, "You're mine now." And she's like, "Great, I have no emotional scars from either my." parents dying or abandoning me in a building she has perfect teeth for an orphan anyway long story short it's great she wore mismatched shoes i loved her uh she's she's very precocious she's full of energy much like saturday morning podcasting gina so uh Uh, saturday morning gina also went on an extended diatribe about how kathy bates was in the right in misery so i don't know like how how much that tracks like one to one, 
you know, uh, Gina Punky Brewster. Listen. If you know anything about TV's Gina Ippolito, <laughs> you will understand that all of this makes sense, all of this does track, and all of this uh, is correct. Yeah, listen, tweet at us if you think that Kathy Bates was just a woman who lived alone, loved her life, liked reading books, found a, a, a broken man, and was like, I'll nurse him back to health with some breakfast soups. And then his ungrateful ass tried Thank to you. leave. Yeah. What what a jerk. After all she did for him. It's just really outrageous if you think about it. Tweet at us. Kathy Bates was right. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so as was, as again, as was the style in the 80s, as was the style in the 80s, white men stole children. And then yep. executives were like, how can we capitalize on this live action cartoon in a way that won't make these precocious children age out into weird like gangly teens and their answer to that was let's make it into a cartoon they didn't do this just with like adorable kids shows they did it with everything no matter how inappropriate Mm -hmm. uh but i but i tweeted the other day because this punky brewster cartoon i i googled it before we started watching and like the description is basically like oh all the voice cast returns awesome awesome uh it's all the main characters but then also there's like this weird furry creature that they find in an Irish magical land at the end of a rainbow. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> All holds up. And also, I, who I, do you think voiced it? Of course, you know who voiced it. If you've yeah. listened to this show for any length of time, you know what Gina's about to say. Let me just count to five so you could all say it together. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. Frank, Frank Welker. Welker. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. You knew it was Big Frank. So I tweeted out uh, animation TV executives in the 80s were like, hey, I've got an idea. Let's take this live action show, animate it and keep it exactly the same. Wait, no. We'll add in a weird, fluffy alien pet thing voiced by Frank Welker for no reason. Nailed it. Raise, please. And then I and then I followed up. Please see if you remember the Mork and Mindy cartoon, which I don't even remember what the fuck he was. I think he was an alien dog thing. Yeah. That's like three shades of pink and has a big snout. Frank Welker, uh, Punky Brewster. There's this weird little, and he sounds exactly like the same creatures that Frank. No shade to Frank Welker, but like he's not, he's not he going in and varying it up. He's like you want a, a, either an alien or a magical Irish thing covered in fur. Like I'm gonna do that. Uh, he's the shit. Don't don't get me wrong. Yeah, no, uh, please send your hate mail to TV's Gina Bolito, <laughs> care of knowing it's half the podcast. Uh, but then other people, but then other people sort of sort of weighed in and said, uh, "Happy the Fonz and the Happy Days Gang," which I think we have watched, which mm-hmm. I forgot, and that was like I forgot that was that hideous, weird looking, like uh, it looks like a dog that's in the process of like melting and also an, an allergic reaction like it's been stung by bees it is truly hideous go to go to my thread if you want to see uh uh yeah which which was one that i had forgotten about uh uh but yeah so if you've got if you've got more examples of let's take a live action show animate it keep it exactly the same except add one creature that's like, I guess, supposed to be cute. I mean, it makes sense. They're like, kids won't watch Happy Days. They'll only watch Happy Days with a melting bee stung dog. <laughs> yeah. Now, this was a big, big popular thing 
that happened in the uh, 1970s. This is where they took 1970. We had the Partridge family, I believe, did it. Uh, we had uh, Laverne and Shirley join the army, had a talking pig in it. Uh, <laughs> as Gina said, uh, Mork and Mindy, you know, all these shows uh, just took the existing show, Happy Days, all of them, uh, 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 and then added in an alien or a monster or a talking animal of some kind. The 80s tried bringing this back. We have, of course, Punky Brewster. Uh, just off the top of my head, the Mr. T show, I think, had a fancy dog in it oh. uh, when he had the van load of uh, teenage gymnasts, which is still <laughs> one of the most amazing premises for a show of all time. And all the shows just so the 80s basically said, hey, the 70s did it. It worked to an extent. We don't need it to work that hard. Let's just do what they did again. Punky Brewster, uh, uh, to what Gina also said, uh, I watched the heck out of Punky Brewster when I was a kid. This was right in my wheelhouse as I when I was younger. Uh, everybody will, if you know Punky Brewster, you will all remember the very famous episode when, uh, Sherry, uh, Cherry, I should say, gets, uh, trapped in the fridge, uh, outside their apartment building. And then they have to perform CPR on her to bring her back to life. Oh my this is sort of the, in my mind, the most famous, they showed this in our school. <laughs> I mean, there, there was a time in the eighties where like they were re- they were really convinced every kid was going to die by fridge. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, Big deal. I remember a whole thing about like, you can't just abandon fridges. You need to take the doors off. You need to do this. It's like that, that drugs, at, like kidnapping. Cause I remember it was like, it was like, Hey kids, like we're going to fingerprint all of you. Not because we're a crazy, like big brother esque state, but because in case you get kidnapped, which every kid will. And then they were like, Hey dare, like only losers do drugs. Like definitely not functioning adults. Like you're going to do this and everyone's <laughs> going to hate you. And then they're like, Hey kids, we're here to talk to you about refrigerators. Yeah, there was apparently a huge, in the 70s, apparently, the serial killers were everywhere, kidnappings were common, and uh, people just, uh, and then what they ended up doing, as it turned out, was all of this uh, scare stuff for we kids who grew up in the 80s. Uh, on top of that, they also, you know, I don't know, made abortion legal and took lead out of everything. And wouldn't you know it, one of those three things, or maybe a combo platter, or probably just the D.A.R.E. program, led to plummeting crime rates in the year 2023 you know despite what people want to scare you about the world right now compared to the world of 40 years ago is night and day safer um and yet we all feel about uh 10 times less safe you know i don't know maybe maybe there's a reason for that just for saying that i'm gonna find the nearest abandoned fridge and crawl in it and prove you wrong uh, well, this is true. This is true. Boomer, boomer stuff, though, right? Uh, they said <laughs> we need to make television shows telling children not to climb in fridges and close the door instead of just making goddamn fridges that open from the inside. Like did that just never occurred to them until because all fridges open from the inside. Now you can't get trapped in a fridge if you have any strength true? whatsoever. Wait, how's that? Is that true? Can I not get trapped in a fridge? No, you can't do that anymore because somebody intelligent from Gen X, I assume, looked at the situation <sighs> and, and saw how ridiculously absurd it was that we were going through all these lengths instead of just making fridges safe for children. Aww. But what if I want to trap someone in a fridge? This is very disappointing news. You, you got to bungee cord the fridge then. That's what you uh, got to do. I just want a real quick sidebar because I was uh, looking up uh, animated versions of live action shows, trying to think of like, because we, we've we've done a mess of these, uh-huh. and I was uh, I noticed I saw something. I was like, "Oh, hey, there's a Three Stooges. I wonder if there's anything else that uh, 
we've missed because we've oh boy we've never done a three stooges yeah really, um thank uh, god we've got most of them i think uh there have been a couple that were uh earlier than uh we tend to go to so like this first okay. three stooges cartoon is from 65 oh wow king kong one in 66 Ooh, oh, king kong. the talking oh. animal in king kong <laughs> we gotta do King Kong. Gotta do uh, it. Put it on the list. Yeah, we'll see if we can find it. Sixty-seven is Abbott and Costello. Okay, um, sure, sure. This is the one that I was like, "Will the real Jerry Lewis please sit down?" Ah, that's a cartoon. They oh, did I'm a in. Jerry Lewis cartoon. I'm in. I like uh, that we keep discovering even uh, keep discovering new cartoons even after all these years. It's like being in a terrible relationship, but then every once in a while there's a spark of hope. Like, hey, you guys haven't done this cartoon, and sometimes we're like, no, we've done it. We've Gina, done that. Yeah. To be fair, though, you don't remember most of the time because <laughs> you true. turn your brain off the second the light the red light turns off, right? That's and so true. people will come to you and say, "Have you guys seen this?" And you'll be like, <laughs> "No, this is brand new." And I'll be like, "Gina, we did that three weeks ago. What are you talking about?" <gasps> oh goodness! True story, you guys. I, I'm going to be in this relationship forever. <laughs> uh, also, the metaphor that you use of like finding new things in a relationship. Uh, I I sort of agree with, except that it's not uh finding sparks of hope. It's like finding your partner has like some new weirdness, some new mental yeah. end. And you're like, oh, and also, uh, you are bipolar. Great. I was just gonna <laughs> add that on in your stick. Oh like, God, oh, nice. <laughs> now you um uh have some weird obsession with feet. Okay, great. Great. That's Every day, Every day that I podcast with you guys, I'm so happy that I'm single. Oh, uh, it's, it's just, I really, I really enjoy my life. I texted my brother the other day saying, do you want to go to Scotland with me in a couple of months? And he was like, oh, maybe. And I, and I was like, well, like figure your shit out. And he was like, all right, I got to check with the kids and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, he was like, don't, you know, like, don't spend too much money on vacations. And I was like, I do what I want when I want. And he was just like, that sounds delightful. And I was like, I mean, it is. Fair, though, it's delightful, you guys. Welcome back to our hard. podcast. Why relationships are terrible. No, it's not that hard <laughs> to look at me and Chan and think to yourself, oh, single's probably fine. Yeah. Yeah. This is, we're not good representative of couplehood, honestly. Uh, let me let me just read this synopsis because it'll it'll sort of underscore how insane this is. Uh, so it says that the, the series featured the voices of the original Punky Brewster cast. Again, super cool nice. as their respective characters. A new character, Glomer, voiced by Frank Welker, was added as the, quote, leprechaun gopher. He came from Chandun. Oh, city. oh come he, on. He came from Chandun, a city at the end of the rainbow and possesses oh. various magical powers. When that came up in the <laughs> intro, I was like, OK, I get. That can't be right. Is that just like gibberish? Does is are we is, are we? Mm, I didn't know how to transliterate that. Also, one such power was the ability to transport Punky and her friends to any part of the Earth instantly. And then some Isn't episodes. That crazy? Some episodes include Glomer having to correct his own mistakes, like when he plays around with magic. But anyway, I get why I get why they did this. Because it's like, it's an easily replicatable, like, uh-oh, our leprechaun gophers done it again. Now we're like in a yeah. volcano. Uh, but I will say the same thing that I said. I think, I think maybe when we did 
happy days or something. I can't remember, but I've definitely said it before, which is it drives me insane that they just don't make an an entirely new show. Like if you pitched me a show and said, okay, it's like a group of precocious kids. They find this like leprechaun gopher at the end of a rainbow from a magical city called Sean Dune. And he transports some places. I'd be like, all right, this sounds insane. I'm in. But like, it's truly a hat on a hat to be like, okay, take the entire premise of a show that already exists. A man adopts an orphan. She's precocious and gives him a new lease on life. And then add this other entire premise on top of that premise that she finds a magical gopher and he transports her. It's like, it's, and I get it. I get it because like TV studios and executives are always obsessed with IP. Like it is impossible to pitch anything original because they're just like, what is this based on? Give us IP. Yum, yum, yum. We're terrible. Every executive should die. Yum, yum, yum. Uh, and then like, and then, but then for that, then they're like, oh, you know what? We, someone pitched us his other cartoon. Let's just mush them together so that we have the benefit of the IP, but also this other crazy idea. And I hate it. I hate everything about it. I hate, <laughs> I hate the obsession with IP. I all I even more hate the obsession with like changing IP to make it a totally different thing. It's just like just just a hat on a hamburger with a hat. It's all mixed in and I hate it. Here's the deal. Every part of that is correct. But that's the thing is if you just made a show about Glomer taking a bunch of random kids around, nobody would be interested. That's you not say, true. Okay, I think it's absolutely true. I think if you say Glomer is a magical leprechaun monster and he takes around the cast of the popular hit show, Punky Brewster, now you've got attention. Now you've got people okay, on board. Okay, all right, I'm in. I'm in. Here's, here's $40 million. I'm David Zaslav, the highest paid CEO <laughs> in the world. And I'm going to cut everyone's shows because I don't want to pay 25 cents every 10 years in residuals. I'm an asshole. David Zaslav, are you listening to this podcast? Buy my pitch, please. Yeah, the, Gina, this is not a great way to get gigs. Um, to be <laughs> fair, though, you pro- the, it is a good way to get gigs if you want people to actually see your show 10 years <laughs> after they air. It's probably not to work with that man. So, yeah, you know what? I'm with you. I'm back on board again. Um, so, yeah. So, okay. So hold let's, on. Hold on. Yes, Chad, uh... there, of course, there's more in the preamble. <laughs> no, this is going to be the this is going to be the theme song, right? <laughs> oh, I we'll hope get, so. No, no, we'll get there. I oh. just want to uh, um, just tell you what I just added to the list of shows that we will be watching for this. Oh, uh, yes, I do want to hear that. Someday. Uh, the Karate Kid, Great. Wizard of Oz, 1990, okay. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. I loved that one. Little Shop. There was a Little okay. Shop of Horrors cartoon. Yes, there was. You're right. Back to the Future. I, I never heard of it, but never obviously it must have existed at some point. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Highlander. We haven't oh, done Highlander. What? We have done Highlander. We've we, done Highlander? We've done Highlander, yeah. Right. Highlander is because, it. yeah, Highlander is a crazy show because it's like a post-apocalyptic. It's like, yeah, and it's we have absolutely done Highlander before. Let me uh, <laughs> let me see. Uh, the Mask. Not Mask. The Mask. No, not the one with, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, why am I blanking on his name? You know. Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz is the deformed man. Yes. <laughs> I knew, yeah, yes. but the mask is like ready made for a cartoon. Yeah, that's why it was. It didn't excite me as much, but we haven't done it. So. Yeah, that's true. Uh, never ending story. 
Oh, got to do that. I don't even That's know what's up with that. It's got to yeah. be a 13-episode, one, one, one rip USA Network banger, right? Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Dumb and Dumber. That sounds horrible. What? Oh, I love it. Let's go. The Oz kids don't even... I hope it's it's this the uh, characters like Dorothy and it's Hitman and uh Lion and all that, but like little little Muppet baby versions of them. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Uh of Jumanji. Course. Okay. Oh yeah, of course. Again, right, that's re- Jumanji ready made for cartoonery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Plenty of these are just like, oh, and we got stories. Um I'm gonna double check on some of these because Roughnecks, the Starship Troopers Chronicles, feels like it might be more of an adult. No, Roughnecks. Cartoon. Roughnecks was, I believe, a Netflix uh, original oh. animated, like serious animated show that oh, is it? not not up our alley whatsoever. Oh, yeah, it actually looks pretty good. Oh, really? Huh. All right. Well, let's. No, it's from two thousand. So I don't know. Uh, Alienators Evolution. Do you remember the movie Evolution with Orlando Jones and David Duchovny? No. Who could forget? I love that movie. It was a lot. It was a middling film. But I love Orlando Jones and David Duchovny, and it's a sci-fi, you know, kind of comedy action thing. I it's saw it in theaters. Let's go. It's, you know what? It's it's not the worst thing in the world, but who thought it should be a goddamn cartoon? Someone did. They made a series. It's called Alienated. Be Evolution a, Continues. Yeah, better be a magical fucking dog in there. I'm going to tell you that right now. I hope so. And The Mummy. They made a mummy. Okay. Series, so okay. We'll see. We'll uh, officially, we did Highlander. We did an episode called The Setup uh, uh, almost three years ago in no January idea. of 2020. No recollection. Yep. That was the before uh, times. That was the before By times. By which I mean the last Tuesday. Anything before last Tuesday. The before times. There it is. We want some music? Yes. Yeah, I would like to hear this theme song because I have thoughts. It's crazy. Bow, 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 bow. Yeah, go for it. Okay, that's that's good. They'll they'll hear the whole theme song uh, as part of the show for sure. Wait, I, I, there were some words in there I couldn't understand, but oh, there were many uh, words. I'm gonna say understand. it's kind of a banger. It's the words are insane. He's 140 but, years old. Oh, 140 years old. Okay. Yeah, he's an orphan. Yeah, um, that I got. He got left behind, just uh, like Punky. Just like Punky. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, understand it. together. We're the best of friends. Uh, 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 I love uh, how that uh, singer uh, commits. Uh, Listen, I like. I really. I I want to see the 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 sketch cram sketch version of this woman going into the studio and just recording this and giving it her all it's every time. 80. It's who? It's, it's peak eighties. Oh, it's oh, okay. Cool. I thought you were gonna be like it's Cindy Lauper or something like well, that. No. It is. No, I was is. literally going to say it's a Cindy Lauper ripoff, right? Yeah. Like that is what's yeah, going on here. Yeah. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, th- here's the deal: I'm I'm fine with ripping off as much Cindy Lauper as we want to. It is the literal middle of the 1980s. Who else are you going to rip off? I mean, it would have to be Cindy Lauper or Madonna. <laughs> and yeah. uh, for kids, you go Cindy Lauper. This is, uh, yeah, I I don't hate this because it is. So of its time and uh-huh. so perfectly representative that it's, you know, it's not not like it ages. It's just sort of like you see it in a museum. And you're like, 
dang, that's awesome that they made that back then. Yeah, yeah. I was oh. really into it actually. And I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say, like, in general, I would have watched this cartoon. Like I like young Gina would have would have been into, oh, this this precocious orphan traveling around to different times, different places. It's like a mini, it's like a mini Doctor Who. It's like a much yeah. less layered kids version, uh, IP-based, pot of gold, gopher, magical leprechaun version of Doctor Who. What you're saying what? is you want Soleil Moon Fry for the next Doctor. Oh, yeah. Oh. At least at least he needs to come, come across her at some point. Um, guys, what if I told you Young Ray did watch this cartoon and completely forgot it existed until I heard the word Lomer and all these memories started washing over me. <laughs> I absolutely, I because I, I watched a lot of Punky Brewster. Uh, uh-huh, I was right uh-huh. in that zone of people who watched Punky Brewster. So when this cartoon came out, I was a big fan of Saturday morning cartoons. Absolutely. Did I watch the Punky Brewster episode? And I don't think we mentioned this is the episode Mississippi Mud. This is pretty late in the season. This is not one of the earlier episodes uh, because Chan hates uh, intro episodes with a passion. Uh, Can I just say that um, I wrote a sketch cram sketch years ago before I was directing the show at UCB when I was still just writing for it. That was the the premise was basically like a famous writer goes in and in in the eighties and like pitches execs all these shows and everything is like okay so there's there's an orphan and she's really precocious and this this guy comes in and he looks a lot like me and she sees this poor sexy orphan and she's dancing around and the execs are like I'm sorry what and he's like <laughs> yeah she's an orphan and then they're like okay what what else do you got and and he's like okay so there's a guy and he looks a lot like me and he adopts these these three inner city orphans uh and and you know like one's really cool and he says what you talking about willis in a real sexy way and and like everything and it was that it was just him pitching this he looks a lot like me he meets a sexy orphan and then like the last the last one is like that and he and like okay so they're like so we have a serious ethical problem with what you're pitching us and he's like okay what about this there's a guy who looks a lot like me and he builds himself a sexy robot and her name is small wonder because yeah. really all of these 80s shows are just like old old white dude <laughs> builds or steals kids and everyone is like what a kind man and no one for a second is like is he diddling those kids and or that robot well why is that robot so cute looking (laughs) this is the weird morality that was still kind of hanging over from the 1960s and 70s in the 80s because you wanted these people to have kids but you can't have any illusion to the fact that they may have ever had sex (laughs) so what you ended up with this goes back dick van dyke had everybody had to have separate beds uh, you couldn't sleep in the same bed together. That no, was too obscene. No, this, this is because like everyone, everyone loves a curmudgeon whose heart is warmed by someone. Like every sure. season, I read all the pilots, and their legit is always the new version of it, which I gotta say I don't love. Is you'll be unsurprised. Hopefully, the writer of all of these shows isn't listening to these. Luckily, none of them have actually made it to air, but they always buy the pilot and it's always high powered businesswoman who like isn't married and doesn't have kids has either like 
a a family member die who has a kid or like like someone dies and there there is an orphan and this orphan teaches this high powered businesswoman that there's more to life than just like making money and taking vaca- vacations to Scotland whenever you want to. And and this was that it, like the 80s version of like, oh, what if like a lifelong bachelor who thinks he's got it all figured out meets a bunch of precocious kids and realizes he just doesn't. And they bring chaos into his life and like what he's been missing all along, which is very much in keeping with sort of that like Reagan era, yep. 2.5 kids that this is what everyone strives to. Everyone's strives to like have a house with kids there in in like giving giving them this environment it wasn't like the the days of sort of like mary tyler moore focusing on her career were sort of went into this like 80s era like look make money have kids get family that's what your goal is that's what everyone's goal is if it's not your goal there is something wrong with you and that has sort of morphed into this hallmark movie version holiday version that i love by the way that is just like high powered lady has career but like goes back home and 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 now like they're trying to put it into shows again i think i think eventually they're like yeah we're not moving forward with this because we think they ultimately like no one will like it but every year there's one bot there's one bot yeah of course uh it's perhaps they've made this movie though they made this movie 9,000 times. Like I'm thinking off the top of my head, can't remember the names of any of them, but it's always like the rock is a big time athlete who <laughs> finds out he has a kid who's yeah. 14 years old. Well, you remember that movie? Yeah. And then there's yeah. one from like the seventies that they did, which was just like, Oh, she's a high powered business lady. It's literally exactly what Gina said. Now she's changing diapers, but her and her, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, urban, uh, hu- uh, boyfriend or husband or whatever. Do you mean uh, black? Uh, <laughs> he wasn't. He was a Jewish guy, and I didn't know a nice way of saying that because wow. he was. Well, you didn't. Whatever. Yeah, you yeah. You I'm totally for, wrong. Did not. No, get. but like they didn't know how to change diapers, so they literally duct taped the diapers to the baby. Yeah, like, actually, th- like that's a good. What movie was that? Oh my god. That's a uh, three men and a baby. Uh, but that's no, it's a, not three men and a baby. That's, but that's a good, also the same fucking movie. <laughs> but that's a good point because I think maybe that the new version of this, like old white curmudgeon-y Scrooge, is is has his heart worn by this. I think maybe the new version isn't like woman is fulfilled. I think the new version that actually makes it to air is like, what if this like badass uh, like celebrity that we all know and has a foul mouth gets a baby, like like a like a uh, a Chris Rock gets a baby, or The Rock gets a baby, or yep. or like or Rocky John Rocky <laughs> Bubble gets a baby. I'm sure there is a movie where Sylvester Stallone gets a baby, so, or Arnold Schwarzenegger gets a baby. I mean, Kindergarten Cop is basically like, what if this big muscly guy? There is a room literally a movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger has a baby. <laughs> yeah, but that's a different premise. Yeah. That's like a weird like sciency premise. I'm talking about like h- how does he have his heart warmed by by young children? But yeah, I do I mean, think he's got that heartburn like I, he's pregnant, I right? think like Chris Tucker getting a baby. Are you listening Hollywood? I'm literally pitching you gold right now. Chris Tucker, he's a stand-up comedian. He's got a foul mouth. His sister dies. He gets her baby. His heart is warm. Now he's a clean comedian that only talks about hot pockets. Uh, guys i found the movie i was talking about this is 1987's baby boom starring diane keaton with harold ramis james spader 
uh, what, wow. Linda Ellerby? Like, Mary yeah, Gross I, is in this. Yeah. Sam Shepard. I love Baby Boom. And if you watch it start to finish, it's actually quite a weird movie in, in, in a way that movies of that time can only be. But there is a line where, like, someone hands Diane Keaton the baby and she's like, I can't have a baby. I have a two o'clock business meeting. <laughs> That's it. That's but it. she ends and literally, up- and, and, and her man was Harold Ramis from Ghostbusters. Yeah. Famously played a character named Egon. Chan, I don't know if you're familiar with this character. Never heard of him. I mean, it's a great, it's a great, it's a great movie. She ends up starting her own like baby food company because her baby right. won't really eat anything. So she like right. starts making it herself. And then she's like, maybe other people want this health. It's basically like healthy organic. She makes like millions from this healthy organic thing. Ends up she's like the original Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, exactly. She starts goop. Uh, turns down a big raise because it means she won't be around her baby and like, you know, like ends up dating a small time country man who is like, yeah, I'll support you and your yeah. one woman business meeting. And then it just sort of like ends in a weird way. But like it's Harold Ramis takes the <laughs> fuck off. Yeah, Harold like, Ramis I did not does sign not. up for this. Which like, I'm out. Here's the thing: that is his prerogative. I more power to him for being like you. All of a sudden, have a baby that I had literally nothing to do with. I'm out. Good on you, Harold Ramis. I'm right there with you. <laughs> I don't think Harold Ramis is the hero of this movie, Gina. No, I got a bad news. Listen, for Listen, I don't Distract. think in the movie he was supposed to be, but I, I think that someone who has firm boundaries and is like, I did nothing to make this baby. You all of a sudden decided to have a baby. I'm not in on that. I, like, I, I like kudos. Yeah. If you I was what? dating a dude and he was like, hey, I know we said we didn't want kids, but I went out and bought a baby. I would be like, bye. Like, what the fuck? Well, you're going to love this new season of Picard. <laughs> what? That's amazing. Guys, and here's the deal. I, I think Harold Ramis in uh, Baby Boom needs to find a woman who's very upfront about what she wants and follows through. That's why I'm hoping he ends up with Kathy Bates from Misery. <laughs> Solid. Yeah. It's a good pitch. <laughs> and we're going to actually talk about the Punky Brewster episode, Mississippi Mud, right after this break. G.I. Joe will return after these messages. Joke is back! We'll stop Cobra with Tiger Force, the roughest, toughest jump force ever! Get those captured Cobra vehicles repainted and re-armed. They're part of Tiger Force now! Tiger Force, showing the colors yellow and black! Hungry to fight and ready to attack! No fighting, G.I. Joe! Tiger Shark is ready! So is the Tiger Cat! Tiger Force, attack! No fighting, G.I. Joe! Tiger Force! Tiger Force. Vehicles and figures sold separately. Now, back to G.I. Joe. I put that in there to make myself use it as the break, and I know I'm going to mess it up. But maybe I didn't. You mess it up every time, by the know. way. Every time I listen to it, you you say it. It's There's never a commercial there. <laughs> I hope that our fans have learned to love it because it's really just false advertising. They could probably sue you for that. Just like they could sue me for it. Oh, boy. Yeah. Just like false, false. You said there was a commercial. There was no commercial. You could have your purchase price back <laughs> this episode. Uh, let's talk about it. This is an episode called Mississippi Mud. Uh, findable on YouTube and uh, Henry, the patriarch of this family, is getting ready to travel for work. 
Uh, I don't remember exactly what Henry does, but he's he apparently a photographer. He's, he's a, a photographer. Man. The whole point of this episode <laughs> is to get the photographer his fucking camera back. Yeah, I didn't this know that is he some... needed it for his job. He obviously needed it for his job, but I don't know if he was also a writer what or the hell, a, Ray? a blogger. Is... I don't know. You just got a zero on your SATs for comprehension. Uh, <laughs> he didn't even get his name right. Which also, by the way, can I say that this was like there there was a there was a period of time in the 80s where writers it's an ongoing joke that like writers can't come up with jobs, like jobs that like people in a show are doing. So they're like, I don't know, they're like a lawyer or a doctor or like something like that. And in the 80s, it was like that was the Cosby show. One was a lawyer. One was a doctor. Doctor. It's true. And there is a very like fine line because like if you make them a blue collar worker that is what the show is about that is a roseanne show where you're like this person works at a factory or it's like a laverne and shirley where it's like they they can't make ends meet because they work this blue collar job so that's like already taken over your show but if it's a show about anything else you have to give them a job that basically gives them enough money that that for instance they could steal a kid and then just raise a kid and like that, that money is never really talked about on the show. Like the Cosby show, they were never like, oh, we don't like maybe there was an episode where they were trying to teach their kids about like financial responsibility, but it was never like a, oh, can we afford to take this vacation? Can we afford to do that? Like the Brady Bunch never talked about and he was an architect and they never were like, hey, shit, like we have six kids all of a sudden. Like, yeah. fuck, like what? I always wondered about that. Like he's an yeah. architect. She doesn't work. They have six kids and the largest house in the history of and, mankind. And they and live it and like a maid, a 24 seven maid. maid. Like yeah. it's, it's crazy. But yeah, this is, so this is what writers have to do. They have to like, like I have been in rooms where we have said, all right, what is this person? Do they own their own business? Okay. Or maybe they're a baker. Maybe they're, it's literally like <laughs> writers who have never had a career really other than writing or like maybe they work in, ad sales is that vague enough <laughs> and giving him a job as a photographer uh, is a way of being like yeah okay he like has a big house and he's a lifelong bachelor so maybe he's invested well we just won't talk about it he's a photographer <laughs> to be fair back there was a time when if you worked full-time if you had a full-time job you could afford things and live comfortably without having to think too hard about you know like oh i can't afford to go to the doctor so even a job like, you know, photographer, there weren't a whole lot of jobs like that. Oh, but yeah. if you had it, you're fine. But and but also it is it is I mean, like, you know, it, it was in a time that like some let me just put it this way. Someone like Henry definitely knows how to like max out a 401k and diversify his assets in a way that I never will. And that dude has probably been doing it since he was like 25 and well, and like, it, that's it. Is he a boomer? He's a boomer. <laughs> so therefore it all tracks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I buy that this guy who, who has been like investing uh, uh, in a way that's very like risk averse since, you know, 1955 <laughs> now yeah. in 1985 has enough money to just do whatever he wants. Well, the first thought I had here was like, Henry's leaving uh, Punky and all of her friends are over at their apartment. And I'm just like, so he's just leaving her like, hi, hope your, yeah. kids, uh, your kids are fine in, in the apartment. And I the will- kids are also all helping him pack. And I found that to be very, very bizarre. 
um, I don't want anyone helping me pack my bags, much less neighborhood children that no, I don't really know very well. This is very much like a family show type of thing. And 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 it's partially because it's like, hey, we have to show like the family doing family stuff together, but also because like it's like, how do we how do we have them all in a room together? discussing what's going on but i will say this is so this whole thing is like it's only 11 minutes uh and which is why yeah, i'm fine with the amount only, of filler it's only yeah no oh, yes the cartoon yeah, that's fine that's that's why i let it go for the preamble yeah about a yeah half if, hour. It, if it was a 22 minute but but <laughs> i will say that like they really like they waste no time on shit because i had the same note of like he he ends up leaving the kids uh, he ends up like leaving the kids with this like elderly nanny who immediately falls asleep, this elderly babysitter that like lives in his building who doesn't even say a word. She just goes in, falls asleep on the couch. And he's like, Mrs. cool. Biddle. Yeah. Like he, he's like, peace out. I'm leaving my, I'm leaving my adoptive daughter and maybe her friends with you for the next three days, which is like very negligent, but also it like, it very much is like, he's packing, he's leaving, he's gone. Like they, there is an economy of, of like, they're like, we got 11 minutes. We can't talk about how she, was the last babysitter available we can't talk about how like she's babysat uh, for them before and they need to behave mm, like he he doesn't even have no, like a, a list no. of rules it's just gina, economy gina uh we send our kid to after school care that uh is provided by the school district and does not cost us anything and that is where our um uh our interrogation into this ends who who uh who is watching our kids you don't know what are they doing don't really care you know what the child is cared for while we're at work and that is all we want to know okay but you're a bad parent whereas in the <laughs> 80s they were trying to pretend at least no. that mm. henry no, the 80s, is a good what was parent am- no gee i'm gonna say right now <laughs> what was amazing about this is that he got anybody at all <laughs> this is what i'm saying in the <laughs> 80s the my what well, my situation is this uh hey kid you're gonna stay at home do not put any books on the stove because we would don't want to set the house on fire okay bye so you're trying you're basically trying to usher back in the 80s era of bad parenting by by doing that with your own kid uh that Uh, makes sense this makes sense gina gina wait a minute the 80s era of bad parenting brought us many a podcast in the year 2023 (laughs) oh god that is not not a selling point listen also let me just say that this is a season two episode and there is there is a plot point that like like when they're packing the magical gopher leprechaun thing like you know is like lifting things into the suitcase with his magic and the kids are like hiding him and that's when i realized henry doesn't know about this thing which is another very like 80s thing but also how fucking long can you maintain that like again this is a hat on a hat on a hat Orphan Roughly two seasons. Like, like, because now there's a whole element of like, we have to keep the fact that there is a 164-year-old orphan leprechaun gopher who can teleport us to any place in time and space living in this house. We have to keep that from this, this man who adopted a, a child. Right. I'm going to bring my parenting expertise into this again. 
I'm going to give you a bird's eye view or I guess a a parent's eye view of what this would look like in real life if, for example, my child had a 164-year-old leprechaun gopher (laughs) who magically took them places um, and were trying to hide it from me. Um, I would like walk into his room and there'd be a crazy ass animal that I couldn't I couldn't place in any of my you know understanding and then it just disappeared and then Egon looked around and was like oh uh 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 that was my cousin I would I would look at him I would look around the room I'll go all right man and then I would go back out into the living room because there are some things I just don't need to know. I have so much on my mind dealing with a five-year-old to begin with. Like if I had one more thing, I would lose my shit. So you know what? Have your goddamn magical beastie. I don't care. Just eat your friggin' vegetables. Yeah, if my kid had a magical creature, I would be like, oh, thank God, I have time to think. But again, you're both bad parents. I will say if I I will say I guarantee you, for instance, Melissa would know if there was a magical gopher making time with Luna. Oh, no, here's the deal. I guarantee not only would she know, she would have told me at least a dozen times, (laughs) and yet I still would not know. Yeah, this this is what this is what I'm saying. I think Uh, I think you you we're we're introducing you to the idea that the practicalities of parenting are harder than you would expect them to be. And good parenting is sometimes you just let things go. We're not we're not uh, the best parents. But we're far from the worst. And uh, um, part of being a good parent is just knowing uh, how to pick your battles. And and uh, fucking Irish magical gophers is not a battle any of nope. us want to fight. Nope. Not fighting. Because you know what? I make the uh, magical Irish gopher angry, and suddenly I'm in medieval Spain. Yeah. And I just, mm-hmm. That doesn't help me. That doesn't help yeah. me be a good parent. Then you, you, you have no mouth, and you get sent out into the corn, and all this just... Yep. And I must scream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Are you mixing your fucking Twilight Zone <laughs> and... Uh, Are you uh, surprised? No, I'm not surprised. <laughs> so my favorite thing about Mrs. Biddle is that she comes in to watch them and then not only falls asleep on the couch within one second, <laughs> she had enough time to pull out a, a yarn and knitting utensils and then falls Ooh. asleep with those in her hand. Yeah. Like so She put- had a real plan to do knitting. And not engage with the children at all. Like, she's bad twice is what I'm trying to say. You, Fantastic, Mrs. You Biddle. That, you bring those out so that you have a plausible, you have plausible deniability. Um, so when someone walks in, you're like, oh, oh, yeah, no, I was just knitting. Then, uh, you know, you're doing a thing. You're doing a thing that grandmothers do. And uh, you are not being negligent at all. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, uh, pretty amazing. Uh, let's see here. They, he forgets his camera. That's the big thing. Henry forgets his camera, and apparently he's a photographer. And so uh, Glomer says, uh, oh, "We got to get this. We got to get this to the boat." Or Punky says, "We got to get this camera." Yeah, to the Glomer. Boat. Glomer can't really speak properly. Uh, I'm not even going to try the voice. It's too early in the morning. Um, <laughs> uh, so he says, "They say, Glomer, can you just magic us to the Mississippi mud boat?" And they live in Chicago pretty famously. So I don't know where the Mississippi River is in relation to Chicago. I assume pretty close. I assume. Chan, you 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 know maps. 
Try having us that boat in two shakes of a gibble's tail. Yeah. That's uh that's that's the voice. That's the that's voice. The also, Punky like corrects him, like she's like lamb's tail, and it's like, bitch, he has sayings in his own land, okay? Like you don't like maybe that's the saying in Chon Dune. Uh here's the thing. He uh malapropisms are a thing of his because the I know. gag I'm putting air quotes around the gag comes back multiple times. So yeah, like at first I th- I was like Okay, yeah, Gibble is some sort of weird ass leprechaun thing. Uh, but then they make such a meal out of uh, him messing up uh, um, yeah. American idioms, and I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm so over this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I get again. I do feel like they sort of mushed everything into a soup. That they were like, what if you know, like, oh, and what if because he's. He's like a because they do this anytime there's an alien, you know, it's like a third rock from the sun bit or something. So they were like, OK, he's like he's this and he's that and he he does this. It's like every uh, trope about ooh magical thing from a magical land that doesn't know our ways. And like they, they toss in there. Also, I will say that like the the when I tweeted that out about like every 80 every 80s exec puts this puts a thing in my buddy tweeted back like and for some reason there's like vaguely irish undertones i don't know if he had other cartoons in mind because i hadn't specified that we were watching punky brewster like i just said this is a every 80s cartoon and he had tweeted back like yeah there's so i don't know if his mind just jumped to punky brewster or there are multiple shows where like there's a magical irish creature but it does seem like how did they get to this this pitch? Like how were they like was it that someone came in and said, okay, what if we pair her with like an adorable alien who's fallen to earth? And they're like, oh, you know what? Like Rubik the Amazing Cube did that. Mork and Mindy did that. We need to find something that's alien, but not alien, alien, you know? And they were like, okay, well, what are some things like what are some things that it could be based on Earth, but in a magical land? And and someone was like, ah, what about like some sort of like weird Irish place, except instead of like leprechauns, it's these gophers. And they were like, yeah, that's that's fine, I guess. <laughs> well, well as we weirdly, yes. no, it's it's uh, a take on Brigadoon. Mm-hmm. So it's that Scottish. Like, I don't know if they like started with like, oh, what if uh, it's from Brigadoon? Like. Uh, you know, we might get sued. How about we make it from Ireland? Uh, what's the Irish <laughs> version of Brigadoon? Uh, I think there's, I think there's a classist thing happening here because the '80s, very famously, uh, uh, were the was the era of the Polish jokes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, me growing up as being fifty percent Polish, uh, you heard Polish jokes. They weren't that. even aimed at me. They were just like, "Hey, we all know Polish people are stupid." They were aimed like, at you. Was, they were all aimed at me. Oh <laughs> God, damn it! The thing is, I found like old joke books. From like uh, uh, you know previous decades, because I used to look up joke books. This is look. This is what I did. Yeah, no. every kid well, loves a, loves but a joke book. It's it's part thi- of the plot of The Last of Us. Thank you. It is, and it's wonderful. It's uh, the so thing is, good. I love it. There, the same jokes that were being told about Polish people were being told about Irish people a couple, like one generation before. So the Irish back in like the earlier part of the 1900s were sort of the de facto punching down 
uh, 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 group of people. And then in the 80s, for whatever reason, and I do not understand why, it switched over to being about Polish people. But it did to the point where there was a Saturday Night Live. Do you remember this? It was back in like the 80s. Uh, or maybe even early nineties, there was a, a host and she was like Polish. And so they did fucking Polish jokes about like, uh, uh one of them holds the light bulb and the other three turned the ladder around uh-huh, her. Uh-huh. They it's did a, this a, shit on Saturday Night I mean, Live. Also, there are, you can also substitute yeah. dumb blonde jokes. It's literally whatever, <laughs> yeah. whatever group that you're, you're going to that. Yeah. I just wonder if there are Irish undertones because they were seen by people of that, you know, generation who were the ones making the decisions back then as being sort of a, a, a definite like underclass. And it was like a lower, a way to lower their status was to make them Irish. I just wonder if that was part of the formula. Mm, you might have something there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And also, what the fuck, people? Polish jokes? Really? Uh, Why? You're the one How did that even up. happen? Like what historically happened that made us all go as a group? Polish people are stupid. They they met you. Uh, but so Fuck this is no. true. <laughs> so this is uh this is when I realized why Chan chose this episode uh, because it all it all goes wrong, and <laughs> and instead of like being delivered to you know present day Henry. They deliver him to 1866. 1866. And then they have Cherry deliver the line of where they are and what this boat does. And I'm going to need, and in case you've forgotten who Cherry is, Cherry is the black girl on Punky Brewster. So I would like the sound pull when she explains to them where they are, what year it is, and what this ship does uh transport well the shipping order says we're on the mississippi mud all right but the delivery date for this cotton says june 22nd 1866 cotton delivery ship in mississippi in 1866 and the black girl is like weird hey weird uh, uh, I just I wrote here real quick. I wrote here 1866, and then I thought of Cherry, and I just wrote, "Oh no!" I mean, here's what? the thing: you could like 1866. Like there, there are there are places Cherry could go that would be less horrible than others. <laughs> if you if you said to me, "What's the most horrible place?" And time that Cherry could go, I would say a steamboat in Mississippi in 1866. And then your follow-up question would be, and what would be the worst thing that that steamboat could be transporting? And I would say cotton. Uh, No, because I would say this, the worst place would be a steamboat on the Mississippi in 1863. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Why 1866 (laughs) is so very specific that I'm like, okay, well, clearly they're like, okay, we want to do this Mississippi thing. Uh, How do we avoid the slavery (laughs) issue? Okay, it's the year after the Civil War. Hooray. Now we don't have any problems at all. Racism has been <laughs> solved. Um, and it was specifically that because they also make a, a deal about how uh, at the end of this, this is the first like showboat ever on the Mississippi River. Uh, and I looked it up because I'm like, that can't be right. And in fact, the first showboat was 1817. Showboats were very much a thing already by then. So it's not like there being any sort of novelty uh, yeah. to have entertainment on a boat in 1866 um and then that just makes it weird that they would 
make that historically specific year of 1866 <laughs> and then just throw out the idea that like, yeah, fucking showboats have been around for 50 years, assholes. Yeah, I will also say, spoiler alert for the rest of the episode, it's not talked about at all. Like, n- there is no, and I get oh, it, no. I get it. It oh, is no. a kid's cartoon, and it is 11 minutes long. We've already talked about the economy of words that goes into this episode. So I get that no one is like, is Cherry going to be okay? Why? We haven't learned about slavery yet in school. We don't know. It is <laughs> not mentioned. It is not hinted. They're about to meet locals and none of the locals are like the fuck you doing with that girl because like it's not like yes the civil war is over but you but there also were not everything changed overnight everyone was free yes the civil war ended and we went into a new world of freedom for everyone yeah there also were not white kids playing with black kids But also there's a bigger issue here, which is that one of these kids is covered in fur and and it has been established is is two feet tall and covered in fur. Uh, So I guess that's what people were distracted by. Like they were like, are you playing with the black? Wait, who is that other kid? Uh, In 1866, the fact that the two foot tall uh, furry kid is Irish. Probably actually wasn't great either. Uh, Yeah, that's actually true. That's true. Uh, oh boy oh boy oh boy but also like the fact that uh we are on a full-on steamboat (laughs) uh giant ass steamboat and it's only run by two people it's got a crew of two okay i need to talk about this yes cooter and violet who who are in a hay pile in like the stowhold like i don't understand like what is happening when they meet these two people they are hiding in a pile of cotton, like in the underbowels of the ship. They're the only two people who run the ship. The ship is, you know, moving. Yeah. There's there's only two of them. They're children. And they're in the fucking cargo hold playing in the cotton instead of, I don't know, piloting the ship. Yeah, they're it's clearly... It's so bizarre given clearly, how, like, responsible Cooter is uh, later in the, in the episode. This is clearly, he, like, here's uh, child slave yeah, labor. Also, Cooter is, let me just point out, every writer's name for a hick character that has uh, ever been invented. Like, I guarantee you, every single show from TV's implementation was like, and then they meet a couple of hicks. One of those hicks is named Cooter. I uh, uh, listen. Uh, Dukes of Hazard uh, wants you to know that that is absolutely true. <laughs> well, okay, Ray, you know this. There is now a like a defensive coordinator or something in the NFL. Jim Bob like- Cooter, former uh, uh, offensive Jim coordinator Bob. for the Detroit Lions. Okay, first of all, Jim Bob Cooter, Jim ladies and gentlemen. Yes, and Cooter. That that is, if someone pitched that character, execs would say there is no way in hell that is the most idiotically stereotypical mm-hmm. bullshit I have ever heard. But and someone willingly is, did that to their kid. I hate no, it. No, but the thing is, I don't think that's his like actual like Christian name. Oh, but okay. he, they asked him like, why do you go by Jim Bob Cooter? He goes, cause where I come from everyone named Jim Bob. So, you know, I think it's, it's cultural, Gina. Why do you hate culture? No, like his name, his name very is specific cultures. It's like James Robert Cooter or whatever, but like. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I love say, the wait. fact that, J- uh, that Chan is on this episode pimping my Detroit Lions knowledge. Do it more, Chan. I love it. Wait, just to be clear before I bash this dude more, he's a white guy, right? <laughs> uh, uh, Gina. 
Gina, no. it's illegal no, not to all. name yes, a non-white person Jim Bob Cooter. <laughs> okay, thank God. That is correct. Thank yes. God. Yeah, who? Yeah, that guy should. That guy should go fuck himself. I know nothing about him other other than that fact, but I think he should probably go fuck himself. Where Where is the old, old Jim Bob Cooter these days? Like he's not with the Lions anymore. He's been gone for a while. He was a, a, a our offensive guy. Oh, yeah, no, he he I, literally. I, guys, I want answers. He he recently got hired as like a, a not like a head coach, but like a head offensive something, something to a legitimate NFL team. Uh, and like the headline was like, oh, so here you no go. Hires Jim. Yes. Chan, I love that you know this and I didn't know this. He just signed with the Indianapolis Colts to be their offensive coordinator after bouncing around a bunch of different teams since leaving the Lions. That's fantastic. I, You know what? This is the Jim Bob po- uh, Cooter <laughs> podcast. Jim Try saying that without saying the word Pooter. I Jim dare Bob you. Jim Bob Cooter. Um, yeah, I love it. More of this, Chan. More football. I'm loving it. What is happening? Let's go. Uh, what's happening is that Cooter and Violet, uh, one, uh, they're fucking, right? Like, they're cousins who are having sex with each yeah. other. That is what we yeah. get. Out, that's why they're writhing in the cotton when they're found, and they're a little cranky when they get found out. Right? Am I wrong? Yeah. And the raccoon's watching him, which is just really... Oh, that's I, I guess part of the course for this goddamn cartoon. Yeah, this raccoon they, they is, do. is very. This raccoon is very weird to me. Like, I will buy... That's I will suspend strange. my disbelief that... A leprechaun gover from Chandun who's 164 years old found a, a fellow orphan and was taken in. I will not buy the fact that a raccoon is so is so like, I mean, he's he's I don't know. He's like very human like this raccoon and it's unsettling. It is the raccoon loves he, he gets a hold of the magic bag of powder and uh, and just walks around the ship, cocaine grabbing out raccoon. handfuls and throwing it in the air. Cocaine raccoon. It's, it, Sequel to <laughs> cocaine oh bear. <laughs> cocaine. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, it's okay. <laughs> and yeah, I, there's a lot of weird things that happen. They referred to Glomer as uh, uh, their cousin from South America. And that's just good enough. I guess people are <laughs> really dumb back in the 1860s. I mean, here's the thing. It, it is fair that like, like that's not a thing that I'll fault them for. I think, I think back to even times before the internet where I'm like, oh, there were times when like, we just couldn't know shit unless we went to like a library and looked it up or something like there were there were times when like someone would say something and it would be like that doesn't sound right but like i can't prove it i guess so whatever in 18 in 1886 if someone was like yeah this person's from south america that's why they look like this i would be like that seems wrong but i've never seen someone from south america and i can't prove Yeah, for all i know like I can't prove that they're not uh, little magical furry men who who have sacks of magic cocaine. Thank you. I mean, that's where cocaine comes <laughs> from, right? Okay, let me just say that there's a. I have a big problem with the with the makeup of this bag and the magic of it because this raccoon 
who who is like digging to the bottom of it, like he's gonna get a get a ham sandwich if he gets to the bottom. He's just throwing the dust out everywhere. It's causing havoc. It's lifting things into the air. It's doing this. And at some point, like one of the kids is like, "Oh shit! There's not gonna be enough." magic dust to get us home and i have questions <laughs> because is this not like a re- like a magically refilling magic bag because in that case like gomer's whatever the fuck his name is he's been Gomer, very yeah. good about using it for 164 years if he hasn't run out of magic dust by then or is it a thing like like he just needs time to like rebuild his uh sperm count the refractory period yes yeah is like i guess i guess I guess then I get it. I guess like if he rests and he can be like, all right, I'm I'm gonna go again. Let me fill my sack up uh with magic Jesus. magic dust. Because if there's like it, it like if they're just like, oh, okay, once it's gone, it's gone, and we're in 1886 forever. Our lifespans are severely shortened. Henry is probably charged with all of our murders. Uh this is gonna be oh, not boy. good. Like I, I just I have I have logic questions about that. No, the thing that really strikes me, you mentioned the raccoon just ripping the powder out. Uh, that ends up crashing the boat. The steamboat goes aground, and and they go, we have to go get the boat back in the water. Okay, you know, great. They pull out shovels, and I don't. What are they trying to do here? Like I've watched this, and I'm I cannot. They go to like the 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 sandy area of the the beach around where they have beached the uh, the boat, and they're just digging in random places. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand how that's supposed to get the boat back in the water. I just mm-hmm. I'm very upset <laughs> about this because I would understand digging like where the boat is touching the sand, trying yep. to remove the sand around where the boat is 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 you know, touching and therefore creating water to push the boat back in. This boat is the size of like, you know, a a building. It's gigantic, but they're just digging somewhere deeper on the beach. And I just, what is the actual plan here? I don't know. And I'm very angry about it. Uh, The plan is, and then what uh, is getting the scene animated. And apparently it costs more to place the characters digging in a place that would make sense than it does to just put them on a beach, <laughs> just digging at random. And then we have a big, we have a big deal that Glomer can't do magic because he doesn't have his powder. And then they just say, Glomer, just magic the boat back in the water. He's like, oh yeah, I can do that. No problem. And he just magics the boat up in the air and into the water. Like, what is the premise of this show anymore? What is happening in this episode? <laughs> I it's so upset. I got visibly angry watching this scene and I, and I, I'm glad I have a chance to talk about it. Then I don't have to carry this rage with me the rest of the day. I honestly, the, from the jump, when the cartoon was like, we're at the end of a rainbow and there's a magical gopher and here's punky Brewster. I was like, we're off the rails. I'm not <laughs> going to put any logic onto this because none of that makes a goddamn lick of sense. And we're 15 seconds into the show. So oh when this happened, God. I was just like, all right, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I will say I, I do want to know what the, what the rules of the magic are. Does he need his sack of cocaine or does he not? Because he clearly has his own magic inside him. Uh, is the cocaine sack like only for time travel? Is that like, is that what it is? But yeah, like, because he doesn't have the sack and he's still doing magic. So it's not like he needs to sprinkle that dust on shit. I just like imagine that 
Because like having worked on shows where execs question every every little detail, like how does right. this work? How does that work? What what's he doing in this scene? I can't imagine a time where writers were like, uh, okay, so like he loses his magic sack, and if he doesn't get it back, he's like not gonna have magic. And then in the next scene, the boat is stuck. So he uses his magic to get and to not having anyone be like, wait, isn't his isn't his magic sack missing? Oh, yeah. But he also he has his own magic. OK, OK. But we have a ticking clock about like if he doesn't get the sack back, then he won't be able to do magic. Right. So it. So is he able to do magic? Yeah, but like more <laughs> complex magic needs the sack, I guess. Okay, that's good enough for me. Like, it's crazy that this is just, I have no idea what's going on. It's, yeah, I, it's its so upsetting to me. And the other thing about this whole thing is that this is a very, very large uh, steamship. Uh, to my understanding, mm-hmm. most uh, nautical vessels of this size require more than two children to operate it. And now they do explain plot wise why there is no adult with them. You know what? But it doesn't I, really explain what happened to the rest of the goddamn they? crew. I do not remember they, this. They do. Uncle uh, so and so is in the hospital. Uncle Cooter, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're all Cooters. <laughs> Cooters this all is the way my down. brother Cooter and my other brother Cooter. <laughs> um, Gina, I'm just saying. There's a pilot here. If you just if you just reach out and grab it, I'm just saying. <laughs> I I did appreciate that they took that little bit uh, uh, of time to just lay out like this is why there's two kids running a fucking uh, a steamboat. Um, it's the sort of thing I we run across in cartoons a lot. I'm like, just one line to help me get to where you are. And uh, uh, for all yeah. of the flaws of this uh, show, I was like. Thank you for at least doing that. Weird that that's the one that's the one bit of exposition that they chose. Weird that that's where they decided to put it. Because like if if it was 1886 and someone was like, yeah, I don't know, two kids run a steamboat, I'd be like, yeah, all right, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) That's normal. Yeah, like I guess I guess I wasn't alive then. Maybe they did. Who knows? (laughs) I mean, they're using hand saws in the next scene. To fucking chop up wood and shit like that. So I don't know what I don't know what these times were like. <laughs> Handsaw is your benchmark for the olden times. Yeah, yeah. There. I mean, like at some point they're like, yeah, let's. And here's the thing: if you're an 1886 kid and you've got a handsaw, great. I'm I'm assuming. And you're like a fucking wizard, right? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm assuming. I'm assuming they know how to use it. You hand a spoiled 1886 uh, or 98. Oh God, 1985 kid a handsaw. They are losing a thumb. That thumb is gone in seconds. If you. Oh, you oh, no, you're done. It. What's yeah. the spoiled girl's name? It's oh Margot. Margot. If you hand Margot Margo yeah. a, a like a handsaw, she's gonna like drop it. It's gonna slice off her kneecap. She's gonna be screaming. It's gonna be a whole thing. No, that's true. Every everything. So okay. So uh, this steam this ship they lose all the cotton. Okay. Uh, hold on, hold on. We uh, we we. We have yeah. to uh, stop at a point, and Gina asked specifically for a sound poll. Oh. Uh, this oh, is yes, sorry. When they get back on the boat, the boat's back on the water. They're gone. And to earn their keep to stay on the boat, <laughs> oh, yeah. they have to clean. Uh, Margo, of course, uh, the rich bitch who doesn't want to have nothing to do with this, uh, is abstaining. And then uh, Cooter, her erstwhile mm-hmm. love interest. Forgot about this. <laughs> 
That's right, gal. No rub, no grub. <laughs> oh, very well. <laughs> no rub, no grub. A disgusted sigh and a very well. <laughs> the Gina Ippolito story. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe Gina had her, us pull that when it's so deeply personal. <laughs> uh except like except uh, here's the thing we all know that i love food and you could get get me to do anything for the promise of food but i feel like in this scenario i would be i would i would probably be cooter because i wouldn't want to part with my food like i would be like i mean look you gotta do something for me if you're expecting to get any of my snacks (laughs) um fun fact we often refer to gina as cooter in this house the cooter Jim Bob, Jesus please. Christ. It's it's Jim Bob. Jim, Jim Bob. Jim Bob the Cooter. Jim Bob the Cooter. Oh my God. <laughs> what has happened to this episode? Did not expect when this episode started to end up talking about former Detroit Lions offensive coordinator Jim Bob Cooter. And that's on me quite often. Um, <laughs> I should have. Mm-hmm. I should have known we were getting there. The scene coming. Um yeah, you know, this is I how is how did I have such a big <laughs> open miss in my uh, in my uh, uh view? I don't know. Here we go. So uh, uh, I wrote here, there's just pranking that's happening now. The raccoon, they're trying to find the raccoon. They have identified the raccoon has the magic bag. And this goddamn raccoon, I don't, yeah, Chan, I I got very upset watching this raccoon walk around on two legs, holding the Mm -hmm. bag and just Mm -hmm. randomly reaching in the bag and just sprinkling the magic dust everywhere. And like, it was its job. Like it's whole, like the raccoon had orders. You must, you must sprinkle (laughs) dust everywhere. This raccoon is a raccoon. It is not a human being. That's what I'm saying. It's just bizarre. Here's the thing. It's so it's so I, upsetting. I have watched a lot of raccoon videos. <laughs> a lot of raccoon videos. They're adorable okay. little creatures. Oh, I love and them. their hands make them look like tiny bandits. Yeah. I will tell you that this is actually not that unusual if you handed an actual real life raccoon a bag of magic dust. Odds are like 60 40 it would exact it would act in precisely this way it would run around just digging into it and flinging just for shits and giggles and then run around a steamboat like that is not the (laughs) unrealistic part of this I who knew it, my problem was with raccoons and not the Punky Brewster cartoon. I guess I guess like we could recreate it like if we crushed up some cereal into really fine powder, put it mm-hmm. in a sack, left that sack outside, waited for a mm-hmm. raccoon to come. I think we would see a very cute display where it's using its tiny human like hands to reach in that sack, stuff some powder into its mouth, reach into the sack, stuff some powder into you its know mouth. What? I mean, I have seen raccoons in my backyard once. I I think if we just get some uh, cameras set up, we can find this. We we live in Hollywood. I don't see why we're not just getting cocaine, putting it into a (laughs) satchel and giving it to raccoons. Yeah, I mean, we're too old for cocaine, Chan. Come on, Patreon video. Come on, Chan. This is this. I'm I'm not saying that we do it. Jesus Christ, I would fall asleep immediately. I'm just saying. (laughs) We can give it to the raccoon. Chan, if we, if look, I'm sorry, but if we were to try to actually go and per- make that purchase, we'd end up looking like John Hodgman in that episode of Poker Face. <laughs> Wait, Chan, did you just say you'd fall asleep immediately after taking cocaine? Are you confusing yeah. cocaine with weed? Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> uh, I am just. That is a little strange. I, I was going to let it go, but yeah, that's that's weird, no, Chan. That's weird. For reals. No, like, it sounds I would take like a you're cup not. Of coffee and just like. Mm-hmm. 
It sounds like you're an undercover cop. That actually is a thing. I recently read an article saying if you fall asleep after coffee, like like you fall into this percentage and here's why. And it explained it. I can find it and send it to you. It was fascinating. Oh, uh, there you go. But well, like there, to be there's, fair, though, there's Gina, a neuro, whole... neurotypical brains work different with caffeine. I mean, that, uh, that so people was people like myself with ADHD <sighs> can drink caffeine right before You've never bed. You've been diagnosed with ADHD. You can't throw around brain stuff without getting a proper what are you diagnosis. talking about i was I, I was i was i was like one of the original people diagnosed with adhd when i was like five what, what by like real like professionals i was on medication in, in middle school what are you talking about okay uh <laughs> chan this yeah. this shut is... down <laughs> no that, that was pretty impressive honestly i i i've Seldom heard it's Gina like the one, back down that quickly. No, I just don't. It's the I don't one thing I know about myself. Uh, I don't want to get into it. Oh, but, Gina doesn't think ADHD is a real thing. Everybody, <laughs> we're going to have that conversation. Yeah, if you're depressed, you just need to eat more broccoli. Uh. <laughs> Guys, as Herschel Walker uh, once said famously in a debate, "If you need insulin, just eat better." Thank you. Uh, yeah, it, it, it is fascinating. There are, there are, there is a percentage of people who coffee has the opposite effect on your body. There's nothing medically wrong with you. It's just, it was an interesting, it was an interesting article that I read about it. I'll try and find it. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to give raccoons cocaine because I would be so concerned for their tiny little hearts, but I do want to give them crushed up lucky charms. And yes, I'm picking lucky charms because of the Irishness of this episode. You're racist. But also because Salt and Straw <laughs> has its Lucky Charm ice cream out Whoa. for the next couple of weeks. And I'm going to make a special trip just to get oh. it. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I just made new plans for today. Yeah. I ordered I ordered McDonald's the other night specifically to get a always delicious <laughs> shamrock shake. God. I don't know if you I don't know if you guys are familiar with how fucking delicious the shamrock shake is, but I once wrote a sketch so good where it's a dad and his estranged son and the dad is on his deathbed and the estranged son just wants to like make up and all the dad can talk about is how he's really sad he's that it's not March because he can't get a shamrock shake before he dies. <laughs> It was really, it was really great. Uh, That's pretty strong. And yeah. Every time the kid thinks he's talking about how much he loves him, he's really just talking about the Shamrock Shake and how he wishes, how he wishes. And then, and then at the end, he goes off on like also a McRib, and then he says a bunch of other seasonal foods. But anyway, <laughs> Shamrock Shake was delicious, and uh, yeah, Salt and Straw Lucky Charms ice cream. I'm just saying. Get a cone, crush some of that up, put it in a bag, wait for the raccoons to come. <laughs> Guys, I, I think we need to just like uh, ship this off to the, uh, you know, the uh, uh, Ireland, you know, uh, tourism board, because this is the most <laughs> Irish episode of the show we've ever done. Uh, and and that's yeah. really that's really a, a good moment for us. This wasn't even our our we have a St. Patrick's episode uh, scheduled. Yeah, this isn't even it. Not as Irish. Won't be as Irish as this one. I promise oh you that right goodness. now. Oh, my goodness. As um, as maybe the only one of us who's gone to Ireland. Am I? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You guys don't travel much. Uh, so. Yeah, I've been to Scotland, not Ireland. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And Scotland's going to be my next trip. Uh, I will say everything about this episode, 100% accurate. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> now, the, the wonderful thing about how we get to where we're going in this episode is we find out it's the uncle's boat. He needs to, he's sick and, and can't afford his doctor bill. So even in 1866, this was a problem <laughs> in this country. Um, 
So who can who can who can solve it now? Anyway, uh, they need to sell this cotton in order to uh, pay the doctor bill so the uncle can come back. But then all the cotton, because of the stupid-ass raccoon uh, throwing the dust around, flies off the boat into the water. I guess lost forever. We can't just swim out there and get it. Or you use know. your goddamn magic. Or use your, ma- or use your magic you used to get the boat into the water again to bring the cotton back, Glomer, you piece of <laughs> shit. You you subjective magic user. Yeah. Also, yeah. a cooter is Huckleberry Finn. I haven't said that yet. I want to make sure it's said at least once. You, He's basically Huckleberry. You Finn. know one literary character, don't you? And that's the one that, I know that involves the South and a Southern accent, and it's him. That's correct. And I only know ones who openly use uh, that word <laughs> in all their writings. It's really unfortunate that that's the only one I know. Fences. Um, it's, Are you talking about the word yeah. fences? Yeah, he, he it's Gina, don't we don't use that word on the show. <laughs> uh can I just say so this this basically is the the eighteen eighty six version of a of a GoFundMe. The kids are like, I know We'll like we'll we'll like overhaul this boat to bring in rich tourists and they'll you know, like they'll fucking they'll pay us money. We'll give them some food. We'll give them a show and then we'll have enough money to like pay your medical bills. This is like every comedian who's ever done a a benefit show for one of their friends who's like, hey, uh, uh, Pete, the dick got into a car accident and he can't pay his medical bills like we're doing a comedy show. Pay five bucks to hear us do some some improv and sketch and clowning. Uh, this is this kids. This is the eighteen eighty six version of it. Uh, this plan. So here's. I'm going to give you the setup, and then I'm going to give you what happened, and then you work with this logic with me. So we have two children on a steamboat that used to have cotton on it. Their uncle needs a lot of money. They clearly have no money. Uh, this steamboat is seemingly bereft of literally anything. I don't, you don't really see furniture. You don't, there's nothing well, here. Well, it's a ship. I mean, that's, that is a common thing. It's a shipping. That's fine. It's filled it's with, ju- it's filled with what it's exporting, essentially. Like, Gina, I'm just setting up the second beat. If you just let me go. I know. I'm just saying you're treating it like it's, like it's a crazy thing, but. It is a crazy thing. Oh, and also, because- this is where Gina asked me to uh, do another sound poll. Oh, oh okay. I'm- this is depressing. <laughs> I thought this would be like. Yeah, she, oh, yeah, I wrote she the is, love boat. She is me she, in this moment, by the way. She represents uh, in, this, so, in this kids' cartoon where they start talking about, like, well, like uh, maybe we should all think about the fact that it's really fucking hard in 1886, and our uncle's probably going to die anyway because, like, medical shit isn't that great yet. And then, like, and then Margo is like, "Fuck, this is depressing. Why am I watching this cartoon?" <laughs> that's great. Uh, here's the deal. Selling the boat is the obvious answer here. Like, I'm sorry that when your uncle, if if he gets out of the hospital, has been like lowered to the standard of being a worker instead of a capital owner. But like, so what? You're alive at that point. Instead, this is unhinged. Uh, this is unhinged shit. They turned it into a showboat. They, they, they furnish the entire boat. They don't have any money. They get costumes for themselves. They find a bunch of food. They get a stage set up on the boat. 
I don't know where any of this money is coming from. If you could afford to turn this boat into a showboat, you could have paid for the goddamn medical bills. Look, what is happening? And then they just park it. They park it on the docks. And then they just say, hey, white people walking by this one spot on the docks. Everybody come to our showboat. And every rich white person walking by goes, yes, I will do that. And they all come on the boat, turning this into a massive success. And I am getting enraged by this episode of Punky Brewster. This makes zero sense. None of this holds together. And and I'm just very upset. They uh, they start using the dust. to. They, no, they say, oh, uh, there's no. dust Here's lifting the thing. things in the air. It's a magic show, everybody. Here's the That's thing. wizardry. I'm, this is 1866. This boat would be set on fire. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in keeping with the uh, uh, we're doing a benefit show. This all tracks. They got all those costumes from the dollar store. They put them together for their sketch show. Uh, uh, they only spent $4 for a Medusa costume and a, <laughs> a, a crab costume for their Little Mermaid parody. They parked on a on a some sometimes shady part of Hollywood Boulevard. And mm-hmm. hope, hopefully the uh, the drunk, rich white people walking by from the bars would come in and pay the $5 to see some questionable comedy. This all tracks. Yeah. I hate all of this. And there's also <laughs> a food gag. I wrote for make a sound poll here because there's some sort of food related joke. I don't remember the joke. I don't even know if I want to hear the sound poll, but Chan, if you have something around here. <laughs> I sent my sound polls in advance like a good student. I don't do that. <laughs> oh, you know okay. this. There, Okay, there's one reference to food. It doesn't qualify as a gag in my book, but... Mm. We got some ham hops and collard greens and some hominy grits and some black eyed peas and... I think I'm sorry I asked. Okay, I actually did mark this down purely yeah. because I, there's two ways to read this. There's, I'm sorry I asked, as in, what disgusting fucking Southern southern food are you yeah, reading off for. to me? And then there's, oh, you're going to keep going and going and going, and I'm tired of listening to your voice. I hope it's that one instead of the first one, which is like, hey, all this black people food that we associate in in like today's times with like a very specific type of cuisine is gross. I hope it's because like, he asked and thought she was going to be like sandwiches. And then she was like, it's this and it's this and it's this and it's this and it's this. And he was like, shut up. She said like three things though. So I don't, it, it's real hard to sell me. Sell I don't me know. It sounds like a list gag. It sounds, but then, but that mm. was why I questioned it because I was like, oh, there's not, I, I bet these people, these sort of like middle-class white people from the eighties don't know what ham hocks and and like collard greens and and black eyed peas are i don't know if like 1985 gina would have i mean i wouldn't really been old enough but like i don't know you know like i don't know if i would have known what that food was so yeah there's two ways to read this one way is horribly offensive the other way is just like stop talking bitch I I I see no way that it's number two. I, this is obviously naming off a very. Uh, this is why I pulled it because it was so uncomfortable that he's naming all of these, quite frankly, delicious Southern, you know, uh, black culture foods, and and then the response from the white kid is like, oh, gross. But there are so many things it could, you could say, like chitlins or like 
pig's feet or like uh, uh, things that would like actually be gross. Whereas like ham hocks is ham. Collard greens, ham hocks like, great. Like okay, yeah, maybe but no, no eight year old white kid in the suburbs wants to eat anything called collard greens or black eyed peas. Uh, you know, these are just not foods that you're given. Uh, you're given spaghetti <laughs> with canned like, sauce. There are things no, you're like, not. Like, that acts all I was given. Like, there's no question this thing is a joke. Uh, uh, you can say, you know, yeah, like fucking pig assholes. And, yeah. Okay. Okay. That's supposed to be gross. Whereas, like, hominy is like, okay, well, that's a kind of grain. Is that that, that is that? why that is the only reason why I think it might be number two. I think because I don't of the give fact this show that, enough like, credit. Here's the thing. I think I think if it was number one, she would have stopped talking. She would have said, "We're having ham hocks, hominy, and collard greens." Ugh, I'm I'm sorry I asked. But in this, she said she picks up speed. She's clearly going to keep going, and and the only reason you do that. Is if it's if is if it's number two is if it's like okay okay I get it Jesus I don't need every list of every food that's ever existed like the fact that she's like I don't need your life story Violet yeah like <laughs> like that's why and and to be clear I don't know which one it is I think it's equally as likely to be A as well as B but like joke structure wise the only reason you have have someone going it's this and it's this and it's this and it's this and it's this okay okay and then get cut off is because like she's picking up speed she's talking faster she's listing things and then he cuts her off that's why i think it might be like okay you're talking too much and i'm sorry i asked as opposed to like chan said if it was like yeah we've got we've got like pig's feet we've got this the i mean but i will say in argument for it being number one there's there's a chance that the writer put in more disgusting food and the execs are like can you find a middle ground between super disgusting and regular like ray white people food disgusting and they were like yeah i guess that would be like ham hot chitlins and <laughs> and like black eyed peas and they would be like great our our the demographic of our audience does not know what those are so and like there i mean there are kids who are like what is that? I don't know what that is. Therefore, it's gross to me. So, like, maybe I, I'm just saying I don't know. I That's don't know which kid. one it is. Every kid no. in existence. Not, not my my niece eats fucking everything. Like she is a human garbage disposal. <laughs> Well, that's an Ippolito thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, uh, the show goes well. They make their money and everything's good. We got to wrap this up in about five seconds on this episode of Punky Brewster. So we get transported back oh, to hold on. present uh, day. Oh, yeah. I, yes. There was one thing that I did mark off uh, because it was a the South America gag was preceded uh, earlier in the episode by something. I think sh- uh, Punky was trying to explain to George about uh, um, uh, the fucking gopher or whatever uh and so like the idea of her coming up on the fly with like a reason for the weirdness just goes so far and by this point it the amount she's stuttering like i mean honestly like it was me alarm folks it's just part of um, um, um magical entertainment we get it we get it just like why is this it's so 
profoundly stuck. I think it's I think maybe it's because they're like, well, she can't be too, she can't appear to be too smart. If she comes up with it immediately, what do are we supposed to expect she took an improv class? Uh I will also say that this is I would love I because I, I like Ray. I was like, oh shit, they've got to wrap this up in five seconds. All right, I guess there's. I guess we're not really going to get much from when they get back home. But I would love it if this victory for Cooter and his sister cousin is what basically sets them on a path. Like they raise so much money and they realize money's not in cotton. Money's in entertainment. And they build their capital, and 125 years later, they are they their descendants are the richest, most evil overlords of some of the biggest companies in the world. Oh my god! They are they are it's Harvey Weinstein corporate fat cats who abuse their workers <laughs> and refuse to pay a living wage. I would love it if saving these two unassuming kids sets them on a path to like the year is 1985 and one man owns all of Hollywood. <laughs> I thought, I honestly oh, thought that they were going to get back or uh, go forward, get on the steamboat, uh, return the camera and then find that like uh, it's like there's a picture on the wall, like, Hey, here are the two kids that, uh, Jane, uh we don't have time for that. This isn't lost. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Ray said, we we are got, right. so- we've got five seconds to get them back to the present, reunite Henry with his camera <laughs> and make sure that babysitter is not dead. Miss Biddle snoring. <laughs> yeah. This is my favorite in genres of uh, entertainment, where if the main characters had done literally nothing at all, the story would have been exactly the same because (laughs) they get back to their apartment and Henry immediately says, oh, you know, I got to the car and then I had to turn around and come back because I forgot my camera. Could you imagine? And they're like, yo, that would have been terrible. And so he gets the camera nothing happens and the show ends like that's it like, <laughs> yeah literally if we didn't have the adventure it's the same story yeah it makes you realize that that what they do in the beginning is truly little kid logic because henry left like 30 seconds ago and instead of being like yeah. oh let's chase him down to the car they're like oh let's go put it on the steamboat where he won't be for another eight hours <laughs> yes it's bizarre it's just everything about this episode. You know what? I came into this feeling very neutral and now I'm just upset. <laughs> I'm very angry. And also congratulations to us. We're going to have talked for about a hundred minutes about an 11 minute cartoon. This might be a new record in knowing is half the podcast. It's this all is why gold. we don't record Saturday mornings. It's all gold. <laughs> You need us. You need us a little drain before we touch <laughs> this stuff. I think this is going to be our listeners' favorite episode. They got they got a lot of entertainment out of this. Some of them are going to go rewatch Misery. They're probably going to go watch rewatch Small Wonder. Some of them oh, are going to go boom. find the Robonic Stooges. <laughs> Did it? Did I, not I guarantee we're movie? gonna go find the robotic stooges. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's what uh, I call my vibrators. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake! I we can't, we can't be here any longer. Everybody, we have, we have gotten, we've gotten uh, Peppy Gina at the hour and thirty-five minute mark. <laughs> that's a problem. I haven't even had any coffee today. 
This is like Chan drinking, doing cocaine right before bed. This is not. Oh, but here's a good idea. I bet when Chan does cocaine, he does it out of a little sack and he looks like a raccoon and he uses his little Chan paws and he stuffs it into his snout. I mean, here's the thing. If you think that I'm not intrigued by the idea of dressing up as in a tanuki suit, (laughs) getting some cocaine and just snorting it up my nose, you are mistaken. Very much mistaken. It's a Patreon exclusive. And that's our show, everybody. Punky Brewster, the cartoon version with Glomer the goddamn groundhog or whatever. <laughs> uh, who cares? This is so upsetting. This Everything about this just screams to me nobody cared. Um, and, and I don't like it when nobody cares. I want this to, I want to see a passion project that doesn't work. Ray, I don't want to see hate? something that's bad because literally it was just counting the dollars and how little can we make this for? Right. Why do you hate a spunky you, female protagonist? I love the character of Punky Brewster. I love the show Punky Brewster. I'm upset that this abomination is the direct result of oh. those two things existing. Oh, so you, what you're saying is you're okay with a female Punky Brewster, just not that female Punky Brewster. <laughs> it's the same female Punky Brewster in both cases. <laughs> what is happening on this show right now? I don't know. You're not ending what it. Is- that's that's what's happening. Well, do we have anything we want to plug? Because I do. Uh, for the people at home, if you were not aware, uh, mm-hmm. the, our uh, fine friends at the Dial-Up Movie Club have put out a four-part audio drama called Justice League Mortal based on the unmade, uh, what is it, 2007 uh, screenplay that got put out there and got very, very close to production, and then they pulled the plug at the last second. I, w- I play the role of Batman in this show, and you can find it. Uh, we'll put links up everywhere. You can check my Twitter, uh, at Almighty Ray, for that. Uh, but you go check us out. They did a pretty good job putting this thing together. If you like superhero stuff, if you like audio dramas, it's four parts. It's very easily easy to listen to. And uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, there's my plug. Justice League Mortal from, <laughs> from the Dial Up Movie Club. <laughs> Me is Batman. What more do you need out of life? Ray got so excited he choked on his own spit. <laughs> I did. I just, I got so frothed. This Punky Brewster episode has me so bamboozled. <laughs> That I don't even know what's left and right anymore. This is just upsetting. Uh, Chan, do you have any uh, other shows that you're a part of you'd like to pitch? Uh, I can't think of any. Okay, so uh, and Gina, you never had you're you're not you're not doing anything, you know? Yeah, go, I'm, guys, go I'm, see Sketch Cram I'm last the week. Least busy of all of us, and they <laughs> I definitely don't put out content anyone can watch or listen to. <laughs> It's a bummer that it's a bummer that this would be a perfect place for you to you know plug some of that and you just there's nothing there there's nothing to plug. Hey, go watch Poker Face, you guys. Pe- Peacock TV's great show. Natasha Leone, really great show, and it's just oh. just about to end season one. Uh, yeah. As uh, season the final the season finale should be the this week when you listen to this episode. Oh wow. no, really? Oh, ten episodes. There's been nine out. Stephanie Shue was in this last one. It's so good. Oh God, I love it. Is she related the, to Elizabeth? The Shue? Jordan. The, no. Well then, fuck her. Should be. Uh, I'll say oh. right now the the episode with Nick Nolte uh, was just hit all my buttons. It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. I loved everything about it, from like the Ray Harryhausen aesthetic uh, to uh, you know I don't know. There was something about it that really slapped hard for me. It's kind of gross. I don't know. I liked it. I liked it a lot. So go check out Poker Face. That's our recommendation of the week from Knowing is Half the Podcast. Oh, we should do recommendations of the week. Mm. New thing. 
new thing. Yeah. We're, that's the reason to listen all the way to the end. Yeah, tweet at us <laughs> if you want us to. I mean, we could we could each recommend what we're watching, listening to, eating, or playing on a video game. I'm not familiar with the term. Reading. Uh, no. <laughs> that week. Dang. <laughs> Reading. What are you? What? What kind of? What? No, I, I'm actually replaying The Last of Us because I got so amped over watching The Last of Us. Look at you. And then watching the Hell Easter yeah. egg videos after watching The Last of Us that were like, remember this part in the game? And I'm like, no, I don't. I need to replay it. It's so good. Last of Us. Other, another recommendation. Everyone should watch it if you like depression. If you're a fan of that. Wonderful show. This is the best show on TV right now, quite honestly. Uh-huh. It's good stuff. Who knew? Video game show does good. And that is our show. You can find us on all the things. Links, patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast, facebook.com slash knowing is half the podcast. We get any more social media action going recently. I think that's pretty cool. You can find us on Twitter at G.I. Joe podcast or individually. I am at Almighty Ray. As, I am not. As soon as Chan left Twitter, we got more active on social media. I'm at <laughs> We Gina are so Ippy. active on Twitter now. It's <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. we really are. We went from like nothing to a lot only because Chan left. I will once yeah. again point out the hypocrisy in leaving but maintaining a second account. <laughs> I mean, it's not for me. It's for the people. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> what people? That's what I would like. Do to I need do. to go and like sign up for 999 RPMs or are we going to get you one that's more appropriate with your actual name? Since that is a, that is oh, a weird, shit. that is that's a weird a good Twitter question. Handle. Can someone get 999 RPMs now? Uh, probably. <gasps> shit. God, now that I think about it, Let's that's going to be a problem. <laughs> old, old bios and old work stuff that still uh, links to that. Mm. Hell yeah. Someone snatch it up and start tweeting his Chan. Channing Sherman, I'm looking at you. Oh, oh, 999 RPMs is now available, I'm guessing. And if it is, what a great opportunity for a Robert Clark Chan parody account for like five <laughs> people to enjoy. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's out there. So until next week, uh, uh, Punky, your Brewster. Or... Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy, you gotta sink this putt to win. Or, I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world, working actors, comedians, writers, stunt people, you get it, and we do it all over breakfast, or should I say, breakfast. Every week is a new episode of Breakfast, and here's what you get. Inside Hollywood info, like, how cool is it to act with Ed O'Neill? Spoiler alert, it's really cool. And what the heck is a gaffer? 
You get great breakfast recs and foodie debates like when should you go hash browns and when do you go home fries? I know the answer to that. Trust me, my pancake posse, my bacon brigade. Listen up, because breakfast is the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Breakfast with Brent Pope. Available at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.